to Maritime AgCast, the podcast dedicated to the farmers and the farm community of the Maritimes. We will discuss all things related to the livestock industry with local, regional and national guests, as well as keep you up to date with current markets and industry events. Atlantic Stockyards Limited has been Atlantic Canada's major livestock market for over 60 years. The stockyards attract buyers regionally as well as extending into central Canada. Livestock auctions occur every Thursday with cattle, sheep, goats, hogs, rabbits and poultry all featured. Additional information such as previous market reports, feeder sale dates and vaccination forms can be found on AtlanticStockyards.com. Today we will be joined by Dr. Wilma Shankles and Jonathan Work to discuss disease management in cattle. Wilma was recently welcomed to the Department of Agriculture team as the Chief Veterinary Officer for the province of Nova Scotia. She developed her love for agriculture growing up on a dairy farm near Miramichi, New Brunswick. Wilma then attended the Nova Scotia Agricultural College, followed by the Atlantic Veterinary College. She joined the department following 25 years in private practice, the majority of which was a large animal veterinarian with Fundy Veterinarians in Truro, Nova Scotia. Wilma and her husband, Ed McMillan, have four children, all of which are in various stages of post-secondary education. Multiple-time guest Jonathan Wirt is the manager of livestock and field crops at Perennia. He has an extensive knowledge of ruminant production and management. In addition, his experience in policy and regulation related to livestock, both provincially and nationally. With over 25 years experience as a commercial farmer raising sheep and beef and delivering custom farm service, Jonathan brings practical experience with his current extension responsibilities. As a producer, Jonathan has experience in the importation and marketing of livestock genetics. Uh, Dr. Shankles and Jonathan, I'd like both to the podcast today. Thank you, Brad. So Jonathan, we'll start with you today. What is, why is it important for producers to have a relationship with their vet uh, when monitoring their overall herd health? That's a good question, Brad. Um, and there's a, there's a whole bunch of answers to that, but I guess the, the, the two important ones from, from my perspective or I see as being important are, first of all, it's a requirement uh, under Canadian regulations that every um, agricultural producer who raises livestock has a relationship with, an ongoing relationship with a veterinarian or a valid veterinary client relationship and that that veterinarian understands the operations of the farm and, and visits regularly in order that they have a good understanding of what's happening on the farm and then that relationship allows them to prescribe um, antibiotics to the farm uh, for use on the farm you know that's critical i mean for a number of years uh, up until relatively recently there were a, a fairly broad spectrum of drugs that were available commercially over the counter, and that's no longer the case. So I think most producers have adjusted to that, that new reality, but uh, there's still a few out there probably that, that haven't. So that's the, the first reason why you need a good relationship or a client relationship with your veterinarian. The second one, and I think probably the more important one, is that you know, far too often, I think, you know, producers just kind of wait for a problem to call their vet and call them out for emergencies. And uh, that's not necessarily the, the best way of dealing with situations. I think you're far better off to uh, establish that relationship, have the veterinarian, veterinarian on the farm on a regular basis and, 
and share their knowledge and, and get them to help you with some of the issues that, that might arise on your farm and identify potential problems. Then, you know, I think that the likelihood is or, or experience would, would support this that, you know, you probably end up with fewer emergency type calls and the veterinarian can help you work through a lot of the management issues that may be troubling your farm. And from my own experience, I think it's always good to have a kind of a di different set of eyes look at what you're doing. You know, we do things on our farm every day and that becomes normal. And uh, we don't necessarily see things, you know, that are going wrong. Whereas you have someone coming in that, that's familiar with your farm, but isn't there every day, they'll probably pick up on things that you won't see just because, you know, they become normal to you. And some of these things can, you know, lead to bigger problems down the road. So I think, you know, developing that relationship with your vet, getting them out on farm and being part of your management team is a really valuable way of approaching, you know, how you run your farm. Does it cost money? Yes, it does. But I think it's money well invested in, in the long term. So, Dr. Schenkels, over to you. So we saw this regulatory change take effect on December 1st, 2018, particularly in relation to access to antimicrobials and the need to have that VCPR, the vet client-patient relationship. From a vet medical point of view, what constitutes that relationship in order for veterinarians uh, to be able to prescribe those antimicrobials? Okay, thanks, Brett. Um, I guess really in order for veterinarians to prescribe antimicrobials, they have to have that vet client-patient relationship established. And what that means is that the vet has established or accepted responsibility for the health of the animals, and the owner agrees to follow the vet's instructions. In order for this to happen, the vet has to have sufficient knowledge of the health status of the animals, and that's acquired by either appropriate and timely visits. So that may mean that the vet is coming on farm to look at a sick animal, but it can also mean that the vet is there to look at your farm in general and have a good overview of what's going on on the farm. And then he can apply that knowledge to questions or calls at a later time. It also means that the vet agrees to provide treatment when it's indicated. And importantly, the vet is available for follow-up care in the case of treatment failures or ongoing care if that's needed. So one of the things um, in Nova Scotia that we have or that uh, livestock producers have access to is uh, the livestock herd health programs for dairy, beef, sheep, mink as well, and, and swine. Wilma, can you go over a little bit about what that program is and, and what it means to producers and maybe how it can help uh, with establishing that vet client relationship? So the Livestock Health Services Program helps to subsidize your veterinarian's visit for herd health management issues. So if you wanted to have a vet to your farm to, to visit and to develop a health management plan, so the Livestock Health Services Plan provides funding to help cover the mileage costs of getting the vet to your farm. It also provides funding for a portion of the veterinary professional services for the time that they are on your farm. So maybe back over to you, Jonathan. This is something we, we talk a lot about uh, with our provincial livestock boards and at uh, some of our workshops and, and regional meetings. And, and what we've seen is that 
Not a lot of farms participate in this program. Any thoughts on the potential why there? Um, but more importantly, more than why not, is, is how do we continue to encourage producers to use a program like this to, first of all, improve their herd health management? But secondly, and, and maybe even more importantly, is to make sure that they're meeting some of the regulatory requirements. So, Brad, um, your comment that these programs are, are not well utilized is, I think, a very valid comment. Certainly in the, in the beef and the sheep industries, you know, the registration or the enrollment on the programs is, you know, pretty small compared to the overall number of producers, which is unfortunate because I think this gives you an opportunity um, to really build, build a relationship with your veterinarian and, and get them out on the farm. Uh, does it cover all the costs? No, but it, it makes a significant contribution to the cost of getting the veterinarian on farms. And I think, you know, that that building that relationship and, you know, getting, you know, some really good advice one-on-one -on -one with your veterinarian in terms of, you know, basic management practices is invaluable. Uh, can you drop into the vet clinic and, and uh, you know, ask a question while you're picking up uh, whatever product that you might be looking for? Yes. Uh, but I don't think there's any substitute for actually having, you know, the veterinarian on the farm with you and, and looking at your situation and, and uh, you know, making recommendations based on what they actually see. The other thing is that, you know, realistically, if you have the vet on farm and you pay them to be there, you know, you've got kind of a captive audience and, and they're thinking about your farm, not about the other things that are happening, you know, maybe in the clinic that day. So. It's a very unique opportunity. I don't think programs like this exist in across the rest of the country to any great degree. This is not a new program. And I think in the dairy industry, it's been utilized very well, but the beef industry and the sheep industries probably haven't uh, taken as much advantage as they could have the program. You know, and it gives you an opportunity to look at things that, uh, you know, you wouldn't normally talk to your vet at an emergency call. Um, you know, they can help you work through uh, you know, your breeding program and, and maybe look at some of the reproductive management uh, that you're doing. You know, even talk to you about body condition of the gray animals and have a frank discussion about that, which sometimes needs to be done. You can look at, uh, you know, other disease management issues that you might be running into, like, you know, metabolic issues that, you know, in late gestation or whatever, and, and talk about adjusting your feeding program. That that may be a tap or a, an indicator that you know you can you need to talk to someone else and get some you know uh, more specific advice you know from your your extension uh, team whoever that may be that you've built you know I think the real opportunity here is to look at vaccination programs and developing a whole herd vaccination program in the beef industry in particular and in the sheep industry you probably can you know talk more about parasite control so the whole point of this is to to have a veterinarian come to your farm look at your specific issues let them give you some recommendations based on what they see about how you could improve your health management and you know i truly believe that if you do that and you implement some of those recommendations that you'll see you know the number of problems that you have that end up being emergencies reduced significantly. And at the end of the day, that's going to save you money, even if you invest a significant amount upfront in, in doing these herd health calls. So I think Jonathan is correct on that. The main point of these programs is, is they're designed to be a health management 
plan. And, and so it's really meant to be a preventative medicine. And so your veterinarian is there to help you develop herd management plans and help develop preventative plans. So we, so we want to prevent diseases from happening on your farms, and we want to manage your herd to get the best productivity out of that herd as well. And that's really why these plans are in place and what we're after in going for that, that herd health management plan. So one of the things that we see, and one of the places I think that um, the VCPR and the herd health plans really come together nicely uh, was with some of the industry on-farm food safety programs and uh, recording data on the farm, right? So a big part of Canadian Verified Sheep Production Program or the uh, CQA or Canadian Pork Excellence Program or the Verified Beef Production Plus Program is recording treatment information and record keeping. Any sort of things or helpful hints um, that you either one of you might have as far as keeping track of records and and using some of the expertise of your veterinarians um, to help with those on-farm food safety programs? So I, I think that's an interesting question, Brad. I, I mean, one of the requirements of the, the herd health program, if you're going to participate, is that you do keep records. You know, my own personal experience as a producer, and anybody that knows me will tell you this, that I probably didn't do a very good job of record keeping. That's not to say that I didn't keep records, because I kept all kinds of records of lambing and calving time, and, uh, you know, all kinds of information like birth weights and, you know, types of calving and that kind of thing. Um, but I didn't necessarily ever use that information, which is kind of embarrassing, because you make the effort of collecting the information, and then you don't use it, right? So I think the important thing here is to figure out what kind of information is valuable to you, and then just keep that information. Don't keep extra stuff. If you're not going to do anything with birth weights, don't keep birth weights. But it's always a good idea to, you know, when when your cow calves and it's calf number, so you can do the age verification and birth date required to do that. You know, if you don't have something like a weaning weight, it's pretty hard to look at and make comparisons from year to year in terms of productivity. And then obviously you need records for treatment of an animal if you're going to use uh, any kind of antibiotic on them or a wormer. So you can track your withdrawal date. So those are the kinds of records that you need to keep. In addition to that, though, I mean, you need to kind of look at, you know, why you're treating these animals and records for, you know, that kind of thing. So you can look back the next year and see if you're having reoccurring problems and work with your veterinarian to kind of head off some of these problems. You know, records are valuable, but I think sometimes people either, you know, they don't keep records because they don't know what to do with them, or they keep too many records and then they don't get value out of the information that they, they collected that they didn't really need. And then they get discouraged later on and it becomes a lot of work. The other thing is, if you're going to keep records, you got to keep them on an ongoing basis. You can't kind of jump back in and say, oh, well, last week I treated this animal, I think, on Wednesday. And, you know, I gave it so many cc's of penicillin. You, you know, you need to keep those records current and, and do it when whatever the event is that occurred. Because I don't know what your memory's like, but mine is getting really bad these days. So... It's hard to remember what I did yesterday, and certainly with any degree of accuracy, it's it's virtually impossible. Keep it simple, keep the records that you need, and make sure you keep them up to date. 
that's where I think your veterinarian can really help you out. Um, you know, your veterinarian is going to know what records are important for you to keep and probably has some tools to help you manage those records as well. And then the veterinarian can also help you to utilize those records and analyze them so that you can set productivity goals and develop protocols that are going to be useful to you on the farm. Thank you both for that. And one, one of the things you both brought up there in the record management bit is, you know, measuring productivity and, and tracking the productivity. And uh, a big part of productivity in livestock is uh, reproduction management and, and how we uh, select our replacements and our breeding strategies and, and making sure that those uh, mother uh, animals are, are in good shape. Jonathan, you know, when we're talking reproductive management, you know, what, what's a good place to start as far as, you know, making sure that I'm in a good spot for, you know, even understanding what my herd or flock looks like? Well, I, I think the first thing is you have to be honest with yourself and look at, look at things very objectively. I think far too often we get, and I mean, it's totally normal or, or human kind of reaction is we get, you know, we all keep livestock you know, anybody who's a producer, we're connected to the livestock that we have and we invest a lot of time in them. And, you know, it, it's always hard to make a decision to call an animal, but we're also in the business here to to make money and making money is not a bad thing. All, all, we always have to be cognizant of animal welfare and doing the right thing with the animals that we're working with. But we also have to be realistic in that you know, we have to make sure that the animals that we keep on the farm and in our breeding herd are productive. So we need to, uh, you know, make sure that these animals are, first of all, you know, as we start into the production cycle, make sure the animals are physically ready to breed. You know, they're in good body condition. We've done whatever vaccinations that we need to do in preparation for breeding and that the nutrition is, you know, they've, they've had good nutrition and, you know, yeah, adequate access to, to minerals and vitamins and, and all the things that are going to make them productive. Then we're going to give them the opportunity to breed and, and we need to follow that through and make sure that, uh, you know, they breed in a timely manner and that we end up with groups of animals that are, you know, calving or lambing at, uh, in a short interval close together to make our management and actually later on the marketing of those animals more efficient and easy. And then, you know, obviously, as we get closer to, to lambing and calving, we need to make sure that the, the mothers are prepared, you know, adequately to, to deliver a, a calf or a lamb without trouble, and that the environment that they calve or lamb into is, is appropriate. So, you know, that it's a clean environment. The area is well bedded, and, uh, you know, there's a dry kind of draft-free area that they can they can get access to. They actually deliver a, a live animal and, and they raise that to uh, weaning. You know, far too often, I'll be honest with you, when I go in and look at look at some people's herds, we'll see animals that, you know, haven't produced a, a calf or a lamb, you know, in the last year, maybe two years. And those animals realistically will never ever, you know, make you money. If they miss a calving or a lambing period, you know, it'll take them two or three years if they do breed to recover that loss. So you're way better off, you know, making the decision as hard as it is to call that animal and, and fill her space with a, you know, a more productive animal that's going to raise a, a calf or a lamb for you. 
you know, what are the things that we have to consider when it's actually time to remove that animal from our herd as far as doing it humanely uh, and doing it in a way to reduce the risk of possible disease spread to other farms or even within our own farm? I think the big goal, Brad, in culling animals is is really to call these animals to slaughter when they are still in good health and can be transported without stress. So that means we need to be proactive about culling animals. We need to have a management plan in place to know when to look at animals, when we should be thinking about culling them and, you know, removing them from our herd before there are health issues there that would prevent that. In the odd case, you know, there are things that happen on farms and and by times on farm euthanasia needs to be a tool that we use. And I think all farms should have a good protocol in place for what to do when that is necessary and how to do that humanely. I totally agree with Wilma. I think, you know, one of the big mistakes that that we tend to make is is kind of trying to get that extra year of production or extra production cycle out of an animal that really her time has come and, you know, the best plan is to color to the marketplace before she starts to go downhill. And, you know, realistically, from an economic perspective, I don't want to sound about this, but I mean, you know, if you call an animal that's healthy, you'll get some return out of her. Whereas, you know, if you hold on to her and, you know, you take her three quarters of the way through her production cycle and she goes downhill or doesn't, uh, you know, produce a calf and raise it or, or produce a lamb and raise them or several lambs, it has a big impact on your economics. And we need to be constantly aware of ongoing issues with, with animal welfare and ensuring that we do the very best that we can for our livestock. And I strongly believe that one of the biggest things we can do to ensure that is to make sure that we manage our livestock responsibly and, and cull them you know, before they get to that point where, you know, there is no recovery. You know, obviously there are going to be occasions when it's going to be necessary to euthanize an animal and and that, you know, when that occurs, then, you know, that's the responsible thing to do and having a, you know, a protocol and a process to ensure that that's done, you know, in the very best way possible. But uh, if you can manage your, your herd or your flock in such a way that you, know, you can get those and the maximum production out of those animals and then you know remove them from your herd or flock you know before they start to decline and run in you run into management issues and health issues with them then that's the best possible scenario so i, I think another thing that, that we haven't really discussed uh, is biosecurity and developing a good biosecurity program for your farm and that's something you can do with your veterinarian and I think in an upcoming podcast, we're actually going to discuss biosecurity and certainly encourage you to, to check that out when, when we get it done. For the listeners out there, what's the importance of a biosecurity program and what are the very basics that you should be considering when uh, introducing a biosecurity or evaluating your current biosecurity plan on your farm? really I think we have to think of the the components of a biosecurity plan and and so there's really three basic components and one is we're trying to prevent the introduction of infectious diseases to your farm we're also trying to prevent the spread of diseases on your farm and preventing the export of these diseases off your farm especially if they have an adverse effect on on the economy the environment or human health 
So those are really the three pillars of, of a biosecurity program, and that's what we're trying to accomplish with them. Um, and I think that the big thing is to know, you know, what you have on your farm, what diseases are present there, and to prevent introducing new ones to your farm. So that means buy cattle from known sources, preferably few sources, and introducing them, quarantining them for a while when you're introducing them so you're not bringing new things in. And then it's again looking at vaccination programs to protect your herd from things you might bring in or to reduce the spread of things within your herd. That's really the big important things is, is to kind of know diseases, what are there and what's not there. And then there's also what introduces diseases to our farms. And the, and the big thing I think is other cattle. Um, people can also be a source. And so, you know, we typically don't think of, you know, having people, visitors on our farms, but really monitoring that as far as, you know, basically if they come with clean clothing, clean footwear, farm dedicated footwear that is unique to your farm, that's going to help curb the spread of diseases and introduction of diseases to your farm as well. Um, and those are, are big pillars of any good biosecurity program. Jonathan, how do folks reach out to you at Perennial to find out more about biosecurity as well? Well, certainly we have some uh, materials available on our website. So if you go to uh, perennia.ca, you can find all kinds of uh, information uh, related to management and, and uh, other agricultural topics, including biosecurity. So I think that's going to wrap us up for today, folks. Uh, thank you for spending your time and talking about these uh, first few points we have around uh, developing your vet-client-patient relationship and uh, the importance of having a, an on-farm herd health program. Thanks for the opportunity to join you, Brad. And and you know, just as a closing word, you know, there, there's uh, the best time to start to to make a change is is right away before you kind of lose interest. So, you know, if there's something that you've heard in this podcast that's kind of you know tweaked some interest, I'd certainly encourage you to look into the if you're not on the the Nova Scotia Herd Health Program to look into applying for it, and then actually to to get together with your veterinarian and work, you know, develop that relationship and work more closely with them to, to develop a herd health program and be proactive and ensure that, you know, the health management of your herd. Once again, thanks for being able to join you. Thank you, Brad, for letting me join you today. And I guess, yeah, the big take home message today is, you know, we want to work on preventative medicine with your herds. And the big thing is to, is to develop management plans that are going to help prevent disease on your farm and to, to give you good, healthy cattle. And I think your veterinarians have a huge role to play in that. And so, you know, utilize them for that and for what they can help you do preventatively. Because, you know, when you when you are just treating diseases and and putting out fires, that's when things get frustrating. So let's work on, on preventing things and uh, managing that herd to get good productivity. Yes, uh, thanks, Wilma. And I, I think that brings us to the old adage is a, 
an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Uh, and with that, I again, I'd like to thank you both. Uh, for the listeners out there, join us next time as we continue our conversation with Dr. Shankles and Jonathan Wirt. Don't want to miss any future episodes? Subscribe to a Maritime Acast today through Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your other favorite podcast platform. This concludes another episode of Maritime Agcast. We would like to thank our producer, the Agri-Commodity Management Association, Director Ashley, as well as Matt Whitehour and Micah Dahl-Anderson of archesaudio.com for providing the music you heard during this episode. Until next time, happy farming and keep feeding the Maritimes. <laughs>